Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I think everybody's probably heard that song, and but today we're going to discuss something beyond Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace is amazing. The fact that grace even exists is amazing. But there is a depth to grace that's beyond amazing. What am I talking about? Prevailing grace. Prevailing grace. I'll be right back. There is a measure of grace beyond amazing. There really is. And as we're reaching the ends of the ages, and as the body of Christ is being purified and prepared, this is being revealed, and people are opening up, their hearts are opening, they are becoming hungry for something that's been withheld from them for whatever reason. There are reasons. There's, you know, religious things. There's limitations. But we want to talk about prevailing grace. What does it mean to prevail? When you prevail, you conquer whatever obstacle is in your way. You prevail when you jump over that hurdle. You prevail when you conquer. There is a prevailing grace. That grace is an active grace. That grace is prevailing over any obstacle that hinders our intimacy. And I mean profound in intimacy with our Father. I'm not talking about spending more time in some kind of servitude ritual. I'm not talking about serving the religious community. I'm talking about a personal, a personal intimacy with the Father. Think of people like Enoch, for example. The Bible says he walked with God and then he was no more because God took him. That kind of intimacy. Is that possible? Yes. Yes, it is. Because prevailing, Enoch walked with God. And don't you believe for a moment that he wasn't human? He was human. And if we are human, we have obstacles that come between us and that intimacy with our Father. Prevailing grace. How do we prevail? How do we overcome those obstacles? Well, grace is part of the overcoming because it's beyond amazing. It's the power to prevail that I'm talking about. Now, this isn't some new age thing. This isn't something that, you know, I'm some guru and I'm trying to hypnotize you into believing here. This is scripture. What we're going to do, and this is going to take a while, be patient with me. What we're going to do is we're going to go, in, go into some scriptures. We're going to look at the lives of people in scriptures. And we're going to see how God's perspective, God's perspective is not our perspective. Scripture says, no man knows the mind of God. And if I've learned anything in 66 years, I've learned that no man knows the mind of God. We're going to dig into a few things here, folks, and 
get as far as we can. And I hope you, you hope you stick around. Prevailing grace. Think about it. Prevailing grace. Prevailing grace. Before I get into a long scriptural study here on the subject, and we're going to get there, I just want to share a couple of my own personal experiences with people who are good examples of what I'm talking about. Prevailing grace, not some ooey-gooey feeling that made them jump and dance and, and shout, but things that totally transformed their lives. Okay. The very first ministry I was in as a young man, I was in with a lady who was the administrator, and it was a spin-off of Teen Challenge. She had run a Teen Challenge, and then she went out and started this other thing on her own. And it was basically taking females off the street and ministering to them. It was a deliverance ministry. And some of the girls had some real issues, quite honestly. I was the only male there, as weird as that sounds, in a 32-room mansion. I tried to stay unattached, but I took care of the maintenance on the buildings and this kind of thing. I was very young at the time. But I learned so much from this lady. I would mention her name. But she had come through the process of prevailing grace. What do I mean by that? Well, at one time, this lady was into gambling so heavily that she was well known in the underworld. She was well known as not only a gambler and being able to, to throw tables and whatever you call it. You know, she could hide dice in the palm of her hand and, and she was, was into this. She had connections with the Mafia. She had connections with the underworld. She had um, houses of ill repute, let's say. I don't want to get too graphic. But she was a criminal. We'll say that. We'll say that. But when she finally received that grace, when she finally became a recipient of what God had already done for her. See, she didn't do it. Grace is all 100% a gift. <clears throat> it's not something we earn, or it's not grace. This lady became a recipient of grace, but she didn't have just an amazing grace that made her dance and shout and, you know, go to a meeting every week and yeah, ha, ha. It was a prevailing grace, that grace that came against all those obstacles in her life, all the addictions, the gambling, the ill repute, everything that came into that, obstacles that would have war, war against her, that would declare war against her. It was a prevailing grace. She turned out to start Teen Challenges. She turned out to start a ministry that I was in. She was a lady that cast out demons right in front of me. We spent hours, hours, with 
girls who were total heroin addicts. Now, this is back in, you know, when I was in my 20s. It's been, been a little while, yeah. But I learned so much from her because it was prevailing grace. It wasn't this little thing that made us feel good. It was something that, pro, it was a propulsion, a propulsion of grace. Grace is action. Grace isn't passive, not true grace. Now, there's people who see grace as the end. You know, I went to church, I had this experience, so, hey, I'm okay now. That's just the beginning, folks. We're living in a new day now. We're living in a, in a scriptural day, according to scripture, that God is saying, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all people. The word is all. The word all, A-L-L, -L, includes you, Y-O-U. You are to be experiencing and participating in this kind of grace, this prevailing grace, not passive little, well, I'm okay grace, but grace that is attacking the obstacles between yourself and your father. What obstacles? Well, there's a lot of them, and we're going to go through that. Some of them are self-induced. Some of them are a false identity on our own part. Some of it is religious judgmentalism that has told us what we can or cannot do. It didn't come from God. It came from religious people for whatever reason. Now, I don't want to get off on a tangent and be real judgmental here toward those who have held you back. That's not my point. My point is to share the good news. The good news is that the bad news isn't true. The good news is that there is prevailing grace. There is grace that can let you jump those hurdles. It will empower you. It's not a passive thing. If you have a passive grace, then you're being left out. You're behind because you're resting when you're supposed to be active. <laughs> when you are supposed to be the one doing the mighty works, you're looking at others and you're amazed. You're saying, oh, I wish God could use me like that. It's prevailing grace. Grab a hold of it. There's no limit to what you can do, how God can use you. There is no limit except in your own mind. We've been improperly taught that grace is the end when grace is just the beginning. We're going to get deeper into this, and I hope you stick with me. We're going to tear some lives apart in Scripture. People that God mightily used that you can identify with, I can identify with. You know, there's something in your mind right now that's making you question everything I'm saying. There's something right now that's limiting you. You have some self-judgmentalism <clears throat> that is one of your obstacles. You really do. You haven't led a life that you think God would approve of. You have judged yourself as unworthy. See? Prevailing grace prevail over your self-judgment. Do you really believe that our Father, 
wants us to be crippled spiritually. Do you really believe that? Think of the days we're living in. There is no other time in history when we needed prevailing grace more than we do now. Think about it. Think about the times that are coming, and it's obvious that they are. I'm, you know, I kind of dumped my little uh, political podcasting thing here because I see the spiritual issue is more important, and it is. But think about the times we're living in. Do you really believe that you need to be hindered by anything? Do you really not see that there is a call on your life? Now, I'm being a little personal here, and I hope I don't lose you, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Your listening to this is not an accident. There is no coincidence with God. There's not. I've been in this since I was 18 years old. I'm 66 years old. I've been in deliverance ministry all my life in one form or another. And it's one of those things you can try to leave it, but it always comes back to you. It's a life. Prevailing grace. Okay. I told you about Betty, the lady I was in ministry with. She's home with the Lord now. But the presence of God was so strong around her that when you drove on the property, you felt the presence of God. I, I'm telling you the truth. She was not preacher material. No, I'm seriously. She was abrupt. She was frank. She'd cut through all the nonsense and just call it like it was. She was frank. She was, some people would say she was rude. But... She broke through the religious gobbledygook and dealt with situations in people's lives. We had girls that were so bad on heroin that we had to hold them down on the floor to keep them from hurting themselves. It's true. I don't know how many times I had been attacked. I saw little children who were totally demonic. Oh, I've seen things I wish I hadn't seen, but it was all preparation. But she was a recipient and a participant in prevailing grace. <clears throat> okay, I'm just sharing a few little situations here, my own personal testimony, before I get deep into the scriptural thing here. In that same ministry, I became acquainted with an older gentleman who had been through her program years before. She'd been doing this for many, many years. He had been... I don't, I don't want to be too graphic here because this is not something most people want to think about. But I've had that kind of life. I've been exposed to this. This gentleman had been such a terrible heroin addict that he ran out of any place to shoot, so he was shooting in his penis. I'm telling you the truth. He had done this to the point that when Betty finally got a hold of him, that she helped him, she ministered to him, deliverance took place, and it wasn't that it was a passive grace. It wasn't that. It wasn't amazing. It was beyond amazing. So this gentleman went from a young teen who was killing himself with drugs, who was shooting himself <clears throat> in his genitals, 
because he'd run out of any place else to shoot. you got to realize this was many, many years ago when drugs were a different type of situation. Now we just, they just take them. You know, back then, shooting up was the thing. Okay, I hope you understand that. But he had devolved, his humanity had so devolved that he was in that state, that he was actually shooting up in his genitals. But after the program, after the miraculous move of God in his life, guess where he ended up? He ended up in a prison in Texas. Does that shock you? No. A lot of drug drug addicts end up in prison, but he ended up there as a chaplain. Yeah. He ended up there as a chaplain, serving God, dealing with prisoners that were in the same situation he'd been in. Do you see what I mean? This is prevailing grace. Now, the fact that God would love this gentleman enough to deliver him is amazing. That is amazing. That God would take this person who had injured his own body to the point that he became almost animalistic, that God would love him enough to deliver him is amazing. But the fact that he would go beyond that to being an instrument of God in such a mighty way is beyond amazing. That's prevailing grace. It took prevailing grace to keep him, not only to save him. Amazing grace can save you, but prevailing grace keeps you and equips you. Be right back. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 17 tells us, And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Okay. We're trying to make a point to prove a point, okay? What does this scripture actually mean? These are God's words, and it says, saith God. This is not something we can discount as being written by some apostle or someone else. This is God's words that were supposed to have been coming directly from him. He says, in the last days, the question is, are we in the last days? I definitely believe we are, and I could substantiate that. I could basically lay that out in such a way I don't think there would be a dispute that we are in the last days. If not, we're so close, I don't know that, that we'll be able to tell the difference. But in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, all flesh. The key word there, the emphasis is obviously on the word all. Well, all includes, guess who? You. Yes, it includes you. Now, the difference here is what we're trying to develop is the parallel between then and now. You know, there's people who 
are so set in their ways spiritually that they don't think anything ever changes. And they'll even use Bible scripture to support their improper belief. They'll say things like, well, God never changes, so why should I? Like, if that's the case, then you should still be living in the Old Covenant, and you should still be bringing animal sacrifices. But God does change. Ages do change. Callings do change. And here's a good example. God says here that he's doing something different in the last days. Let's read it again. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Folks, that's happening. If you look around you, if you, even on Facebook or whatever social media you happen to <clears throat> frequent, if you pay real attention, you will see some people coming out spiritually that are, I don't know how to say this delicately, are not people that we would readily suspect. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. There are some people that are just not fitting the religious stereotype that God is calling, that God is using. I was just thinking the other day about this young gentleman and that's going around doing outdoor concerts and outdoor, not really concerts, outdoor, I guess you'd say revival meetings, crusades, I don't know what you want to call it, reaching out to everyone. And he is not the stereotypical uh, Christian little, you know, nice haircut type guy and three-piece suit type guy. He looks like somebody you'd meet at the supermarket. Seriously. But the anointing is what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to give glory to him. I'm trying to give glory to God. This is the prevailing grace that is taking down the obstacles. And this is available to you. Because that's why it says all. This is good news, folks. This is something God is doing fresh. This is a fresh life. This is a fresh wind of the Spirit. Don't hang on to everything that's a hundred years old because you felt comfortable there. I hate to tell you this, but the days are here. And the days are rapidly approaching where comfortable Christianity will be a thing of the past. Honestly, if you watch closely, it's not hard to see, actually, that we are being, as believers, we are being canceled, we're being censored, we're being maligned, we're being put in a little box by the powers that be. I'm talking about basically satanic powers. Now, if you don't see that, then you're just not paying attention, honestly. Go on your favorite social, social media platform, whatever it is, and try to express a Christian viewpoint and see how you get lampooned or blocked, deleted. Little dialogues come up telling you you just can't make a comment. Happens to me every day. It's happening, folks. 
It's not something, it's not a conspiracy theory. This is taking place. It's taking place on social media. People are being blocked. They're being canceled. They're being limited. You are being placed in a position for the enemy to make you look like an idiot. It's true. It's happening. It's not something that's going to happen. We see a society that's <laughs> almost out of control. Common sense has flown out the window a long time ago. You know, every time I look at social media and I just see the news, I'm amazed. I think to myself, you know, if I wrote this as a fiction story, no one would believe it, but this is the truth. This is what we're dealing with. People that have totally lost any grip on reality. They don't know what gender they are. They think there's like 300. It's just nuts. It's just crazy. The world has lost its mind. And because it's lost its mind, because the satanic powers that be are taking over, guess what that's going to do to the believer? Well, we're going to face some challenging times. That's why I'm doing these podcasts. I'm not getting anything from this, except I'm being obedient. Your pastor, your preacher, your guru, whoever it is that you support, that you listen to, that you're tuned into, if they are not warning you of the coming times, then you need to shut them off. No, honestly. Because there are perilous times coming. Perilous times. I don't want to get do a downer here because this is actually good news. But this is the preparation. Okay, let's get back to the subject here. Let me get off the subject here. Prevailing grace. Have you ever heard the expression? Somebody will be talking about some pastor, preacher, or guru, evangelist, whatever. And they will make the statement, well, that person is a great man of God or a great woman of God. Now, is there any validity to that? Is there? Is there any validity to that statement? Well, just pick your, you know, whoever in your mind right now, you just, uh, your default prophet, your default evangelist, whoever that might be. Just picture them in your mind and apply that. Apply that great man of God statement, great woman of God statement. Is there any validity to that? validity to that. Is there such a thing as a great man of God? Or is it that there are ordinary men of a great God? Do you see what I'm saying? Religion has so turned our thoughts around that we idolize people, whether we realize it or not. We're kind of brought up that way. You know, we put people on a pedestal that were never supposed to be there. But that's all changing. Now, the Bible verse I just read shows us that God is changing that. God says he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. He didn't say certain people here and there. He didn't say the bishops or the pastors or 
the gurus or the Hatmagandhis or whatever you want to call them. That day is coming to a close. Actually, it is, it is closed. We look at our current political situation, this pandemic and all this that's going on. I don't want to get into that. But it's an example that the what we have been calling the church all this time is under control of secular government. Whether you agree with that, whether you think it should happen or whether it shouldn't happen is another point. My point is that it is happening. These institutions we're calling churches are being shut down. They're being regulated. And in Canada, from what I've gathered from some of my friends in Canada, it's even worse there. Now, how can that be? How can the body of Christ be shut down by secular government? How can that happen? In reality, it can't happen. But churches, religious organizations, can be, and they are being. Now, that's another matter for another podcast. But I'm going into that to lead into the next segment here. Let's talk about prevailing grace. Prevailing grace. Okay. Great men of God. Who would you consider a great man of God from Scripture? Well, we're going to go into these great people of God, men and women, and we're going to examine their lives, and we're going to see the presence of prevailing grace in their lives. Not amazing grace, not grace that just saves you by the, the, the tail of your shirt. No, but prevailing grace. Grace that overcame the obstacles in their lives. Okay, folks, this is just kind of an introductory podcast for what's coming. The next one, we're going to go into the individual lives of some people in Scripture who have been proclaimed as great people of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are no great people of God. There are ordinary people of a great God. You are an ordinary person of a great God. And through prevailing grace, prevailing grace, you can do everything that you've seen in Scripture. Through prevailing grace, there is no limit to how you can have communion with God. Through prevailing grace, there is no limit to how the Holy Spirit can move through your life and touch others. There's no limit. It's limitless, folks. I know it's going to take a while to develop this. I hope you stick with me. You know, this is Richard. I enjoy these little podcasts together. My, um, my email address here is truthradio at mail.com truthradio at mail.com I hope you will just uh, write me, tell me what you think disagree with me if you want to this is just me sharing with you this isn't a church service you don't have to dress up you don't even have to act nice I'm serious, if you're in a bad mood it don't matter you don't even have to sing for me and I promise you, I won't sing for you I wouldn't do that to you <laughs> trust me Okay, so tune back in for the next one, and God bless, and be praying for me, I'll be praying for you, because we're going to face some interesting times here, some challenges, some real challenges. The days of comfortable 
Christianity are coming to a close. And some of you have already experienced that. God bless. This is Brother Richard. Talk to you later. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed, but thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O oh, save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groaning all the night. Make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed, and let them return and be ashamed suddenly.